Hello and welcome. You are listening to Ask Gamblers podcast. This is a collective journey of exploring iGaming in every aspect, games, rules, promotions, through personal experiences and insights, all in order to build trusted relationships. I'm your host, Nikki Griffiths. BitStars Casino doesn't need a special introduction. Those who are in the iGaming industry know how successful the casino is and how dedicated people working behind this big name are. BitStars Casino, the Ask Gamblers Award winner in the Best Casino category in 2017, as well as the winner of the iPlayer's Choice Award in 2018, found its place among the top three casinos in the Best Casino category in 2019. A 10-minute average cash-out time fun and rewarding promotions, a massive welcome package, and the fact that the casino offers both multiple cryptocurrencies and fiat, major international currencies, give this place the versatility that caters to a wide range of players. Since we wanted to discuss cryptocurrencies today, we couldn't think of a better name than BitStars. We invited Ole Dixon, who is a CRM in BitStars Casino. Ole started off working at Bet365 and got into content management. Ever since he started this job, Ole has worked for some other major companies in the gambling industry and discovered that he is a natural when it comes to marketing and CRM. But enough from me. Let's hear all about it from Ole. Ole, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. Welcome. So, before we move on to casinos and cryptos, tell us about you. How did you end up in the gambling industry and how did it change your life? It's a very good question. Uh, I mean, first of all, again, I would like to say thank you so much, guys, for inviting me to this. I know it's the first episode of your podcast series. It's also the first podcast that I am attending as well. It also might be my last podcast, depending on how well I do today. <laughs> so we're, we're going to see about that. But I don't want to bore you too much with information about me, because I think that my story isn't really unique. I think that a lot of people who are in this industry, they kind of can relate to what I'm about to say. And that is that, you know, when we grew up, I don't think anybody sort of envisioned themselves working in the casino industry. They wanted to be like astronauts or rock stars or whatever it could be. But somehow we ended up in, you know, the gambling industry. And as for me, like I was you know, a big fan of sports, not necessarily playing them, but I like to watch them on TV. And when I was sort of, you know, watching the sports on TV, I tended to sort of, you know, bet on the game sometimes, you know, like 10 euros here, maybe I would like some Spanish soccer on a Sunday or, or something. And I did that at Bet365, actually, which, you know, of course, is a big bookmaker over there in the UK. And one day I was scrolling through their website and I saw that they had a job offering for customer support and I didn't do anything at the time. So I actually applied and got the job the same day. So I moved to Stoke-on-Trent. I was working in their support for, you know, three months, then ended up working in their content team. So I was a translator for two years. Then I was at, you know, BetClick in London for about a year. Then I was picked up by Leo Vegas as a copywriter, which was kind of new territory for me, to be fair. I worked in content, but I was never really like a writer. But they had this amazing copywriter over there called Lars that was going on paternity leave. So I had some major shoes to fill because this guy is probably the best copywriter I've ever come across. 
And it was more than just copywriting. It was more like CRM oriented. We had to do like bonus setups and like segment for players and email send outs and stuff. So I learned a lot from being there. And after being there for two and a half years, I felt like I've done my part in the company. Um, and I was approached by the founder of BitStars, who wanted to sort of have somebody to translate his uh, website into Swedish. So after we met up for the first time, he asked me if I wanted to join full time instead of just translating the site. And here we are five and a half years later. Fantastic. Wow. Well, okay, let's get straight to the point, if I may. Cryptocurrencies, what's your opinion about them? Well, I'm obviously very biased. I mean, I work for a crypto-oriented casino, so I don't have much choice to say other than I love cryptocurrencies and all about it. And, you know, you really put me in a headlock. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Funny enough, I was actually into cryptocurrencies a little bit before I started this job at BitStars. I dabbled into a little bit into the crypto sphere. My only regret, obviously, like everybody else, is that I didn't invest when Bitcoin was like $1, because then I would be living the good life. Tell me about it. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, I was always sort of like a, a big fan, um, although I'm not, you know, really an expert on blockchain or cryptocurrencies. I know like, you know, I know enough uh, to put it that way. But my expertise is mainly within, you know, the casino and maybe the positive aspects of cryptocurrencies from like, a, you know, player and operator perspective. But to give your opinion as to what I like about crypto, maybe I can explain it maybe like in a layman's terms or, you know, in an easy, easy to understand way. That would be great. Yeah, sure. So one thing that I really appreciate with cryptocurrency in general is that it's very transparent because every, you know, transaction is public on the blockchain. So basically, you know, if you ever done like a bank transfer or something in the past, you can always send like a, you know, proof of transfer that, you know, I have actually sent the funds to this person. But those kind of proofs are easily manipulated, to be fair. You know, anybody can use a little bit of Photoshop, even me who, you know, don't know anything about like design or editing or the visual arts or anything of the sort. I can still, you know, manipulate probably a bank statement. But, you know, when you're doing a crypto transaction, you can actually independently verify where the funds have gone from and to. So in that way, it's very transparent as, you know, all transactions are public. Um, also, one other thing that I really like is, you know, that it's a peer-to-peer -peer kind of transaction that is being made. So there's no, like, it's not necessary to have a third party like a bank. And I actually experienced this since we talked a little bit before the show about me living in Malaysia. I actually have a long-term visa here. And in order to get it, you need to put a big deposit in a bank here. And it actually gave me a lot of experience with sort of the regulatory nightmare and the hurdles you have to jump over sometimes when you deal with banks. Making big transactions to countries from EU outside of the EU sometimes is not as easy as it sounds. And like two years ago, I was able to make, you know, online transactions from my bank in Sweden to my bank account in Malaysia. But then there was like a new EU directive where I wasn't able to do that anymore because they were afraid of, you know, terrorist funding or something. So I wasn't able to do transactions from Sweden to Malaysia unless I went to the bank in person, which obviously I couldn't do since I was in Malaysia. So in other words, if we would have dealt with cryptocurrencies, I would have 
had my funds, you know, probably within less than an hour. I haven't, you know, didn't have to send angry emails to the bank back and forth. And the sort of fee for the transaction and conversion would be, you know, nothing in comparison to what I paid. So those are some positive aspects of cryptocurrencies, I would say. Okay. Do you think, is there a certain type of player that chooses crypto? I think there are. And I mean, I could think for like a couple of reasons. So maybe we have to divide the players into two groups. I think one of the guys that use cryptocurrencies are people that already know about cryptocurrencies and they already have some. It could be that they were the smart ones that actually bought cryptocurrencies when they were $1, as opposed to an idiot like me who didn't do that. And they have some you know, crypto laying around. We also have some players that trade currencies. So they actually are well invested in cryptocurrencies. you know. So those would be like one category of players, perhaps. And I think maybe the other category would be players who were tired of fiat options. They weren't good. I think like if you are in Europe, for example, the credit card options in a casino are normally like very good to use. They normally have a high success rate. But when you venture into markets that are like maybe like in South America or in Asia, you will realize that card options aren't always as reliable. They might have like maybe a 70 or 80% success rate which is really annoying for the player, ultimately. And I think players who are really tired of those options, they saw crypto as you know, a good alternative as you know, it has like a 100% success rate, which is a lot better than like 70. So I think those would be like the players really that would use cryptocurrencies, I think. So how often do you think your players use crypto? So I think you use either one or the other. I think that uh, the players who use cryptocurrencies, they tend to stick to using them. And the players that use fiat currencies, sometimes they stick to to fiat unless they actually get converted to use crypto ultimately. And then there's no going back. But yeah, I think it's either one or the other. It's kind of rare that you see players like mixing both using fiat and crypto. So it's, you know, quite normal that they would stick to one or the other. And they do that consistently. What do you think the percentage is of players using crypto? in comparison to those that are using fiat? Right. I, I do know that number. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, I'm, I'm not at liberty to tell, or else maybe the founder of BitStars will murder me. Okay, okay. We won't make you. No, it's okay. But I'll try to maybe, I wouldn't say dance around the question, but I'll try to sort of answer maybe in a philosophical way. So, I mean, you know, since we, when we started, you know, or I didn't start BitStars, but when I joined, it was still sort of like, a, I wouldn't say infancy phase, but when BitStars started, it wasn't like an overnight success or anything. So it was not like it was successful, like from, from the get-go, it took a little bit of time. But I mean, we have Bit in the name of the casino, so that says something. And also like, if you're looking at all the promotions that we're running and how we sort of run them. And when you look on the website and whatnot, you will see that we are very sort of like crypto centric, maybe is the right, uh, you know, word that I just invented right now. But (laughs) we are like, very crypto first kind of casino. And I think it's kind of evident when you look at communication on the site and, and that kind of stuff. Now, how many crypto options are there to choose from at BitStars specifically? Okay, let's see. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, and Dogecoin would be the ones that we're accepting. So that would be five. 
like when we add cryptocurrencies, I mean, a lot of people might ask, you know, there's like a laundry list of cryptocurrencies out there. Like everybody and their grandma has made their own cryptocurrency. Why don't you accept these weird, obscure, strange coins? <laughs> and, you know, we could probably, but one thing that is very important to bear in mind is that a casino isn't just about accepting payments. It's about like, you know, the gambling experience for the players, right? So not every game provider out there, you know, accepts the currency for wagering. So that means that, you know, maybe you could deposit in Ripple or Tron and all these other cryptocurrencies, but you're not actually able to wager those currencies on the games. So we try to make sure that we at least have maybe like four or five game providers on board that sort of have integrated maybe that wagering option for that particular currency. Because it would be kind of a shame if we said on the site that, you know, oh, we accept this very, very cool cryptocurrency, and then they get to the site and they can only play 10 games, you know, that would, you know, kind of suck. So we try to make sure that there's good options for the players uh, before we accept them. And is that a good amount of options, you know, compared to other casinos? I would say that it's in line with other casinos, maybe. There are some out there that accept maybe a, a handful more than more than we do, but the ones that we are offering, I would you know argue are the most popular ones and more widely used. So I think that with these five currencies, you reach sort of like the broad demographic of you know the crypto guys for sure. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Sure. So we all know how challenging it is for casinos to constantly create new offers and to keep experienced gamers coming back for more, while at the same time attracting new players. Are there differences between promotions and bonuses, which are only designed for the cryptocurrencies, in comparison to, say, those that are fiat-based? The simple answer is no. I'm going to explain why, perhaps. Yes, please. I think that, you know, when we're designing our promotions and whatnot, we're not necessarily focused on the currency that they used or that they're using. We're focusing on other sort of, you know, parameters, maybe. I think that we're more focused on, you know, what kind of games they play, maybe where they're from, how much they gamble for. So I wouldn't say that we are making any promotions different. But I think that one thing that perhaps stands out is sort of the welcome bonus that we have. If you're looking at our website, we do offer for free at players a first deposit bonus of, you know, 100% up to 100 euros. But if you go to and switch to Bitcoin, for example, we offer 100% up to one Bitcoin, which I'm not sure on top of my head, maybe like 45,000 euros. So it's kind of a discrepancy in terms of the value. And I would say that it is sort of like a semi-conscious effort to try to steer people into using crypto. And it's not for some kind of you know selfish, sinister reason on our part, but I think it's something that would benefit the player, ultimately, to be fair. Again, they will have these, you know, seamless transactions back and forth, very like low fees. So I'm not going to try to make BitStars sound more grandiose and, you know, amazing, like we're some sort of pioneer of cryptocurrencies. But yeah, I think we are trying to make a, you know, some conscious effort to steer people into using crypto by offering them like a better offer on the crypto side. And I think, I mean, we're not benefiting from them, you know, making those kind of, you know, 45,000 euro deposits, you know, in a way. So I think it's merely just try to get people to, to understand the benefits of using it. And this is sort of like a good way to sort of promote crypto by offering them a sort of a better offer for using it. 
invite 10 people to give it a shot. Okay. So you might have answered this a little bit, but if we could go into a bit more detail, maybe which bonuses seem to work the best, do you think? And can you tell us a bit more about players' preferences? As we mentioned earlier, when they're using specific currencies. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So the question is also like work best for for the casino or be best for the player. So let's say both. (laughs) Both. All right, cool. Okay. So I I think it depends on a few things, perhaps. When it comes to giving bonuses to a player, you also need to sort of think about at what stage of the player journey or the life cycle a player is in. Are we talking about like, you know, the acquisition phase where you probably have to be casting kind of a wide net maybe, or perhaps the retention of active players or reactivation? Because different offers, you know, you will have to utilize at different times. Of course. But I do think that it's the case where in the acquisition phase, you you kind of have to have sort of like a very, very good offer that is very sort of generalized in a way, because as a casino, you don't know much about a player when they come in, right? You might know a few things like, you know, what country they're from, but you know very little about their game preferences, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to be very general. And that is sort of like, okay, I think in the acquisition phase, but I think an issue with many companies and not just operators, but game providers is that we tend to make very sort of, I wouldn't say use prejudice really, but I think that when you speak to some operators and you speak to some game providers, they always have an idea of, you know, players from Finland, they only like these games or, you know, people from Sweden only like these bonuses or VIPs only like cashbacks. They don't want wagering. And I think that's kind of dangerous in a way. Most casinos have a lot of data that they can actually look in to see like, okay, well, what did this player from Finland actually like, you know, rather than making some assumption, you know, beforehand. And I think that by actually looking at game preferences and stuff, you're actually able to tailor maybe offers to a player's preference. And one thing that maybe is mostly neglected is to actually listen to the players, like, ask them, what bonus do you like? Absolutely, yeah. Especially VIPs, right? I mean, you you have the, the time and, you know, resources to go the extra mile. I mean, you have time to ask a player that's spending a lot of money what they like and what they don't like and just tailor accordingly, you know? Their opinion matters a lot. Yeah, they probably appreciate that as well. I think so. Or I hope so, at least. Yeah. So in your opinion, which e-wallet is the best? Both crypto wallet and payment method e-wallet like Skrill or Nutella? Oh, that is a very, very good question, especially for the fiat one, because I actually don't use them. So I'm not too sure, to be completely honest. I think if we're just talking about Skrill and Nutella, I have limited experience, but I have used them in the past, and I think both are good. Maybe if you have like some payment you know, expert in the future and some other guests that may know a little bit better than me. Yeah, thanks for the tip. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. For the next episode. Uh, I can speak for the crypto one, maybe. But I, I have to confess that, you know, I'm really, really bad at the e-wallets for fiat. No, that's fine. All right, cool. Awesome. Whew, dodged a bullet there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so for the crypto ones, there's like a couple different kinds that you can choose from. So when it comes to sort of crypto wallets, you, you have something called a hard wallet, which is sort of like a USB stick kind of thing. And that would be, in my opinion, the equivalent of having like, you know, a safe deposit box, you know, in a Swiss bank account vault or, or something. And it's like the highly secure 
method of storing your Bitcoins or other cryptocurrencies or whatever that you want to keep safe and maybe don't touch for a while, perhaps. But, you know, with that said, maybe you want some walking cash or something. You don't want to put every cent that you own in a bank account. Maybe you want something that is kind of easily accessible. And opening up an account with an exchange might be a good option. There's one that I'm using personally. I'm not going to plug them here uh, because they didn't pay me. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm not going to name them by name. But there are multiple options where this is a thing. And that is, it's not just a place where you can buy and exchange crypto, but they also issue Visa cards or MasterCards. Okay. So that means that essentially you have like a, a debit card that is linked to your Bitcoin wallet. So if you have Bitcoin in this exchange, what you can do is you can top up your debit card you know, with crypto. And the Visa card, obviously, you can use, you know, anywhere Visa is accepted, which is pretty much everywhere. So it's an easy way to sort of have access to, you know, your crypto funds. So for me, that's sort of like an awesome thing to have. Okay. So hopefully you will name names here, but do you personally prefer some crypto over others? And if so, which ones? I do have a preference, to be fair. And for me, it's like I try to stay away from like maybe the smaller, obscure, weird coins. If I could only pick two, it would be Bitcoin and Ethereum. But I think that, you know, the ones that we accept at BitStars and maybe a handful others are still very, very interesting. And I mean, I'm not, you know, a big crypto expert. And I like to point out that what people wish to invest in with their own money is their own thing. And maybe they know a lot more than I do. And I respect that. But for me, it's like when it comes to the small, obscure coins that, you know, those are the really ones that are fluctuating a lot in value. They can go up, you know, 100% in an hour and down 99% the next. Those are the kind of ones that, you know, for me, that's purely just gambling. That's kind of like, you know, banking on this weird coin is going to be the next Bitcoin and I can make 50,000% return on investment. But if you want to gamble, then here's your shameless plug. Come to BitStars. Bit more like stocks and shares. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like that. It's like speculating on a stock market, kind of. But okay. yeah, I would rather you just come to BitStars. And we at least we give you 100% bonus. So, you know, come and grab it today. <laughs> There's the shameless plug. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so to go a bit further, we can't go on without acknowledging the value of Facebook as a platform. What do you think about the Libra project and Facebook's intention to introduce their own currency? Ah, uh, yes. I heard a little bit about Libra. I don't know that much about it, to be fair, but I know a little bit. So maybe I can touch upon it briefly. Please. Um, I'm sure, you know, if I say something wrong, somebody will roast me on the internet or something. So I'm prepared for that now. Okay. But I gave you a fair warning. But I think that, I'm. first of all, I'm not completely sure if Facebook is defining it as a cryptocurrency. I'm not completely sure. But if they do, I think they will have a hard time attracting, you know, hardcore aficionados of the crypto. And I think it's for a very obvious reason that probably many who listen to this have already figured out. And that is that, you know, when it comes to guys and girls who are into cryptocurrencies, they tend to value their privacy a lot. They want things to be, you know, decentralized. They want to have as few parties involved as possible. They want things to be open and transparent and whatnot. And again, they very much value, you know, their privacy. And on that, you know, the flip side of that token, no pun intended, it's like, you know, you have Facebook, which has a business model of selling your information to third parties for, you know, targeted ads. Mm. So for people who value their privacy, I think that 
you know, if Facebook think that they are going to attract hardcore crypto aficionados, given their business model, I think they're maybe aiming for the wrong target here. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I did hear somewhere that Zuckerberg planned on running the Libra project as a separate sort of company or entity from Facebook. But I mean, I still remain skeptical to that being the case. And maybe that's just me being a paranoid. But I would remain pretty, pretty skeptical that, you know, they would keep that separated to to be uh, completely fair. Okay. I think that was quite conservative. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Earlier on, you mentioned another term tied up with cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology. Yes. Do you agree that blockchain technology itself could help in iGaming in the sense that blockchain gaming data can be relied upon by operators, players and regulators, establishing the transparency angle while resolving player trust issues as well as the security? I absolutely think it could. I don't think it's just like the iGaming industry. I think that, you know, a lot of industries could benefit from it. I think there's actually casinos out there who are utilizing, you know, blockchain technology. Uh, I'm not sure to what degree they do, but I know that there are sort of casinos that claim that they're using blockchain technology, like on many aspects of their operation. But then again, I'm not exactly sure, like to what degree and, you know, in what aspects they, they are using it. I think it definitely can be utilized, again, not just for casino, but for other industries too. But I think especially for casinos, maybe there might be a regulatory issue for many, many casinos out there. You are kind of limited sometimes what you can and can't do and what technologies you can use, I think depending on what sort of jurisdiction that, you know, issued your license. So I think that many today are kind of, you know, limited on options. But I think that for the future, I could definitely see it being more widely used. But I think ultimately, it's going to be dependent upon what the regulators think. Um, And I'm not a compliance guy, uh, unfortunately. But I would like to see them be a little bit more, you know, open-minded in that regard, to be fair. Okay. When it comes to crypto asset and blockchain technology integration with online casino offerings, it's no surprise to see the MGA leading the field. We saw that Malta Gaming Authority are launching phase two of the Sandbox Regulatory Framework Initiative, which includes blockchain technology. Do you think that this would help the industry itself? It could, absolutely. First of all, like from like BitStar's perspective, we don't have an MGA license. We operate in a Curacao license. But I am aware that MGA has been talking about this for a long time, like over the past maybe like seven years or or something like that. And at the beginning, I was like very, very annoyed and skeptical, thinking like, you know, there's a lot of talk, but, you know, very little walk. But with that said, I mean, I think it's also maybe I shouldn't really jump to conclusions as to like, the sophistication that probably goes into, you know, compliance in these cases. I think that MGA being, you know, in the EU and whatnot, they probably have to collaborate with some local bank that will be under EU rule and like they have to like follow EU legislation and whatnot. So I think that for them to adapt like blockchain technology or cryptocurrencies, it might be a little bit more harder for them uh, being in the EU as opposed to us who operate with a Curacao license where they're a little bit more open and liberal in that regard. I mean, that is one of the reasons why we have been sticking with Curacao license because, you know, we really didn't see much of a benefit now switching to MGA because, again, you know, uh, Bitcoin being such a central part of what we do. But I really hope for the sake of the industry that, uh, you know, 
the MGA will be able to, you know, allow casinos to offer cryptocurrencies and maybe utilizing uh, blockchain technology. I think it would only benefit them. So I really hope that they can, you know, get that sorted. But again, I'm not here to bash the MGA for what they're doing and not doing. I don't think that would be fair because, again, they have a lot of brilliant people out there. But I think that they probably have a lot of hoops that they have to jump over in order to sort of make this a reality. But ultimately, I hope that it will happen. And at BitStars, do you have any plans to implement blockchain technology? Not in the pipeline as we speak, to be fair. I don't see it happening like any anytime soon, to be quite honest with you. If it would, I hope that I would know about it by now. I could see it being an option for the future, but as of now, we don't have any immediate plans, I would say. Okay. How do you see the future of cryptocurrencies and online gambling? Oh, it's bright. <laughs> what a cheesy answer. Why did, I, why, why did I say that? No, I do think it's bright, though, not to sort of make a pun or make a cheesy comment. I mean, I can only make like a reference to sort of, you know, BitStars when, when we started out, you know, not a lot of people had even heard about cryptocurrency. So who is this guy who opened up like a crypto focused casino? Uh, utilizing currencies that nobody knew about, pretty much. And since then, I mean, we have steadily seen like more and more people utilizing cryptocurrencies at BitStars. So just from personal experience, I think that the future is bright in that way. And I mean, ultimately, I think what's the most important thing is that we ask ourselves if it's a good idea or not. Is the technology a good thing or not? Is it something that is actually like at the core beneficial for people using it? And if the answer to that is yes, then it will just be a matter of time and education before it becomes more, you know, mainstream, you know, or widely accepted by the public. I mean, one fun example recently was that, uh, you know, if you buy a Tesla in the US or Canada, you can pay with bitcoins, which is kind of cool. I mean, if Elon Musk is, you know, accepting Bitcoin for Teslas, then why couldn't, you know, online casinos uh, accept it for gambling, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I really want that Cybertruck thing, if you guys saw that. It looks uh, <laughs> rather badass. So, But yeah, so I think as cryptocurrencies in general become more mainstream, it's not just casinos that will you know benefit from it and the players that play. But as a whole, I think a lot of other industries and a lot of other companies would, would start utilizing it, to be fair. Yeah. And again, one of the things, again, that I really, really appreciate with Bitcoin, for example, that we've talked about, and you know, I probably have repeated myself five times because I'm really annoyed. But that is sort of it being very transparent, you know. And if you go back in the days, like if I make a parallel to like uh, the post office, for example, sending a package maybe like 40 years ago, you had no idea where your package was until you actually had it, right? If. But if, exactly. If you're dealing with the Swedish post office, post Nord, I mean, it could be like in Antarctica or something. You have no idea where it is. <laughs> but like now when you're ordering like a package, you know, from Amazon, they will like send you a notification that the package left the warehouse. It's in Birmingham, Alabama. This guy named Bob picked it up with, you know, cotton gloves at like, you know, 3 p.m. <laughs> sharp. Like you get instant notifications. You know where your package is at all times. and you know, by the help of the blockchain, you can verify where your money is at all times. You know, you have that sort of security because we're talking about money here. Money is extremely sensitive and people want to have control over their funds, right? So you're able to supervise sort of 
exactly where your funds are. And I think that's like one of the strongest selling points really here when it comes to cryptocurrencies that you can keep track of your money and nobody can interfere with it. You know, it's it's brilliant. No, I agree. Now, this is a tough question for the end. Damn it. Is our life just a game of skill or is it a game of luck? Well, that is a tough question, actually, believe it or not. Can I say both? Uh, because I Of course. Good. Uh, because I really think it is. If I had picked one or the other, uh, you know, I couldn't stand behind my answer, to be fair. I think that, you know, I mean, we're all different. We all grew up in different places. We have, you know, different abilities and whatnot. And I think that's to, to some degree kind of dictates where you can go, or at least it dictates how easy or hard it's going to be for you to reach a certain point. But I don't think that it's entirely up to skill. I think you definitely need a little bit of luck along the way. Skill can go a long way, but you also need to be a little bit lucky. I'm just thinking about how I ended up at BitStars. I was randomly picked up by the founder of BitStars via LinkedIn. And here I sit like five and a half years later. And we went from, you know, being a, a little small casino that a lot of people never heard of to actually a household name, especially in the crypto sphere. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's all skill. I'm not some kind of, you know, genius by any stretch of the imagination. And maybe I know some things, but I think that's just because I'm a dinosaur who's been around in the industry for way too long. But also is a lot of luck in there, you know, being at the right place at the right time, meeting the right people. I think a lot of people have been really inspirational, at least to me. And in a lot of companies that I work for, there are people that I very much look up to to this day. And they're still my friends and I learn a lot from them. And it was just by pure luck that we met, you know. So I think it's important to remain humble in that sense and, you know, realize that you're not just here because you're really good at what you do or whatnot. But there is an element of luck in there for sure. Lovely answer. I like it. Thank you. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to plug BitStars and anything else you'd like to say here. So over to you, over to you. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. It's the shameless plug opportunity that I get. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to, you know, be that crazy on, on any type of plug or anything. There is a lot of casinos out there. I think there is a lot of them who are really, really good. But I think when it comes to BitStars, one thing that I really appreciate and I think the players appreciate is the fast cash out time that we have. That is, um, I wouldn't say miles above the competition, but it is a very, very strong selling point for us. Because, I mean, you will have pretty much the same game providers as many others, same currencies. Promotions are a little bit, you know, also kind of similar in many ways. But I think, you know, cash out time and support are two, you know, aspects of the casino that we take a lot of pride in. When it comes to, you know, the cash out time, it's publicly displayed on our website. So you can track in real time what the average cash out time is. You can also track the support rating as well. So you can see what players have rated us for our support. And those are two things that we as a casino can really affect and make a difference. And I think we are. So for those two reasons, I think BitStars is a fantastic option. And if you guys haven't checked us out yet, then please do and use cryptocurrencies. Wonderful. Ollie, it was an absolute pleasure having you as a guest on the show today on our first show and um, couldn't have asked for a better guest. So thank you very much. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for this. It's a real honor. I'm very, very proud, very humble that you've selected me as a first guest. So thank you so much and good luck in future episodes. 
if there's a sort of uh, opportunity to revisit you at some point when you guys are blowing up the internet with your podcast, I'm happy to come around for a second round. Absolutely. I'm sure you will. Guys, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Gamblers, a leading iGaming platform on a mission to provide current and accurate information about online casinos worldwide. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a burning question or a topic, make sure to send us an email to podcast at askgamblers.com or visit our forum to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and hit that follow button. If you'd like to know more about Ask Gamblers, you can check out our website, askgamblers.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Ask Gamblers. On behalf of our team, thank you for joining us.